welcome. I'm Ron Baker, director of the Canadian Small Church Ministry Centre, and this is us, Canadian Small Churches in Action, sponsored by Small Church Connections here in Canada. I look forward today to our time together with a very special guest. This is a fellow I've known for a little while, and I'm going to get to know him a lot more today, and I'm looking forward to that. So I invite you just to sit back and listen a bit as we talk. Uh, I won't give away the whole thing, but we're going to talk about long-term pastoral ministry. And after that, we'll see where we go. But first, I'm just going to ask our guest, Kevin, to tell us who he is, what's your name, uh, what's your ministry journey been over the last number of years, and that'll get, kick us off and we'll move, go on from there. Take her away, Kevin. Okay, well, you gave my name to begin with. My name's uh, Kevin, Kevin Roberts. I'm uh, pastor of uh, Fort McLeod Alliance Church in uh, Southern Alberta here. Mm -hmm. So I've uh, I've been pastoring for 25 years, but I, in many ways I feel very ill-equipped for this topic because I wouldn't have described myself as a long-term pastor. Rather, it's kind of a topic that... Uh, uh, began to uh, interest me to explore mm -hmm. what you know what what's involved in that and what gets in the way of being a long-term pastor and uh yeah so uh, i've i've pastored this is my fourth church i've pastored in 25 years mm -hmm. and uh yeah we're we're plugging along all right well let me ask you a quick question sure. you say there's four churches where 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 have those churches been situated well, my my first church was in uh, southern Manitoba, mm -hmm. so uh, Somerset, uh, Manitoba. I pastored a, a small Associated Gospel Church there. It was my first church uh, after college. Mm -hmm. It was a uh, bivocational ministry, so I uh, w worked, I'd like to say part-time, but I don't think there is such a thing as a part-time church. I, I worked no. full-time with the church, and then uh, I, I worked at uh, other jobs outside of that. And, mm -hmm. Uh, went from there, and I pastored Cornac Alliance Church in southern uh, Saskatchewan. Yeah. And uh, well, again, was bivocational there. And uh, that was an alliance church. Then I went to uh, northern Saskatchewan, and I was in Big River, Saskatchewan, an evangelical free church. That's a beautiful area up there. I love Big River. It's, yeah. It is, yeah, yeah. Carry lots of blood, bug spray with you. But, oh, yeah, uh, definitely, <laughs> It, it was a beautiful area, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and then uh, now I'm now I'm pastoring an Alliance Church again in southern uh, southern Alberta, and this is this would be the first place I haven't been bivocational. So, ah. our small church ministry, I spent 19 years being bivocational, and uh, yeah, that was that was that was good. I mean, I I, mm -hmm. I, I, I miss it many days. So, yeah, there's uh, as you may know, there's a a recent. A uh, book been published. Uh, James Watson is one of the authors, and a number of others, uh, just on tent making. And I've just finished. I'm just in the midst of reading it through. I've, of course, talked with uh, James and a number of others on the whole bivocational, multivocational ministry. That isn't what this podcast is supposed to be about, but we may venture into that because. Um, that may become part of the thoughts on long-term ministry as well. Okay, so let's ask the question, what do you consider to be long-term ministry? Um, well, I think I, I think that's a question that's uh, subject to some variability. <laughs> um, 
part of my thinking with this is is with a book that I was reading uh, when I was preparing for a uh, um, a workshop that I was a part of, and the the book was by a pastor by the name of Rich Brown called Extended Stays: A Closer Look at Longer Pastorates. Yeah, and he he kind of researched what you should call that uh, long and short and. His definition that he used for his book was that short-term ministry was anything less than five years, mm-hmm. and long-term ministry was anything nine years and more. Ah, um, so is is what he did. So there's this area between five and eight years mm-hmm. uh, where we're not quite sure what we are. And that's, uh, You're just floating in the ocean or something. I don't know. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, which, which makes for a, a, an interesting thought: nine years or more. Uh, is definitely a, a stretch and a longer term. I know for myself, uh, one pastoral ministry was 10 years and another one 11 years that I've been involved in as far as long-term ministry. Tough stuff to to get to that point and, and to work with it. Um, what kind of a person, what characteristics would you, would you talk about uh, the person who thrives for the long term? Uh, I, you know, I think you've got to love the people and love the church. Yeah. Uh, love, love the community. Um, but, but there's, there's some obstacles. And I think that uh, part of what intrigued me with the subject and looking at it is, is we, I mean, if you've been in pastoral ministry for more than a week and a half, then you've either, <laughs> either heard or you've been part of some of the horror stories, right. right. And, uh, yeah. and, and some of the challenges. And so, uh, you know what? It, what intrigued me is we we often look at the obstacles to ministry as being the church's obstacles. You know yeah. what the church has done and the issues in the church, but there are also obstacles within us. Mm-hmm. We bring our own dysfunctions to uh, to the pastorate. We bring our own neediness. We bring our own issues, and I. I, I've really come to believe that some of those things uh, really filter into whether or not we're staying longer in the places we're at or whether we're leaving, leaving sooner. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's, let's jump into that a little further and just ask the question. So what, what are those particular dysfunctions? I, can you name one or two just right off the top of your head for us pastors that we should be be looking for? <laughs> You know, I, I think as I've uh, as I talked to people, I mean, a lot of our churches have experienced a lot of conflict in the last, well, oh. 2000 years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it seems to be conflict is, it, it is a big part of our experience within churches. And some of that conflict is uh, is, is stuff within us. We, we like to be liked. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody wants to be the hero of the story. We, we have a difficult time owning when when we've done it wrong yeah. um, or when there's attitudes within us. I mean, may, many of us have, uh, you know, have a sense of neediness within us that we would be find difficult to admit. Um, but sometimes we look for those we minister to, to fill that. Yeah. We look, we look for their affirmation. And when we go through seasons, when that's not there, uh, we don't always recognize that it's it's not just a, a, within the church issue. It's sometimes it's within us, and there's something that God needs to to dig into deep down within us that uh, that has to do with where we where we're filled when it comes to our sense of ministry and sense of fulfillment. Okay, that's 
that just uh, that makes me ask the the next question when when I think of the characteristics of the pastors. Now let's let's jump to the church. What kind of what kind of um, how do you get to long term ministry in a church? How, what what does the church need to be uh, preparing for doing? Um. Yeah, I mean, I broke it down into three different categories for obstacles. Okay. And, uh, you know, the, the first one that I had had to do with the pastor's family. Mm -hmm. um, you know, sometimes there are legitimate issues within the family that, uh, you know, whether it be health issues or, uh, or, or otherwise, that uh, require you to, uh, you know, you can't stay. Yeah. <laughs> so so for instance, in, in one of the churches I pastored, we were in a very we were in a fairly remote setting. And uh, and I had a family member. My, my daughter got uh, seriously ill. And coming out of that, we had doctors and teachers tell us that we needed to be closer to a larger center mm. for the long term. So uh, personally, I find it hard to build a house I'm not going to I'm not going to live in. <laughs> and and yeah. so for me, I knew that, you know, in that past trip, my, you know, I had an expiration date there. And so mm -hmm. I knew that my heart needed to, to shift to, to look elsewhere because of needs in my family. And, and, and that was one of, you know, you have to look at whether you can answer those obstacles there or not. Yeah. Uh, within the church, uh, so, sometimes short-term pastorates are self-fulfilling prophecies. I, I remember in my, my first church, uh, I couldn't figure out why everyone was treating me different at around the three-year mark. It just seemed all, all the, the relationships seemed to change. And, uh, and, and again, because I was my first, first church, you're learning, you're learning all your mistakes the first time. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> you know, I began to realize it was still, we were still part of a culture where it seemed pastors shifted around every three years. Very much. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that there were people in the congregation preparing for that to take place at the three-year mark it didn't mm -hmm. but uh you know for me i had to uh had to adjust kind of and figure out what's what was going on with these relationships and yeah it, it is funny that you would mention that um i was working with a colleague in the early 90s uh he, he was doing studies his doctorate and part of that was on long-term ministry brian Bergles prepared and, and did a whole project on that for his doctoral. And it was interesting that his, his take was at that point, yes, we're all set to live with two to three years, but, but we haven't gotten past that. Our, our society doesn't, doesn't uh, Christian churches and society doesn't seem to expect you to be there longer. Has that changed? Are we, are we more open to long-term pastors? I, I think we are. You know, I think we are. Uh, I, I, you know, it's just speculative on my part, but I think maybe it's a little slower to work itself out in some of the more rural settings mm -hmm. um, for for a variety of reasons. But uh, I see pastors staying longer in places, and I and I I hear much more talk about staying longer. Right? I mean, most most of the the studies that you have on this kind of thing. Talk about your best years of ministry being between the years of eight and twelve at a church. Yeah, uh, and yet many pastors never reach the start of what many suggest are your most fruitful years in a in a congregation. So, mm -hmm. uh, I, I I think that's shifting. Yeah, I, I it, it's interesting the the latest uh, report, the significant church report that's uh, come out of well, 
been done by Rick Heemstra and uh, um, her name's escaping me, working with uh, a number of church denominations and with the uh, small church connections, uh, says that you basically can't see long-term ministry in a small church unless you have a, a congregational covenant that works with the idea of your you the church realizes you're going to be faithful to the founding covenants yeah. documents that that started it but it but also that their trust only builds over time and and so you can't expect small churches to thrive unless they have that kind of a covenant would would you see that do you understand that in some of your pastoring how how have you seen that uh, continue to grow into your own understanding of that you have to be faithful to the founding covenants, but trust over time if you're going to see change in the church and the church continue to thrive. I, I think, I, I mean, I just started reading that re that report, if it's the same one that, that yes, came I'm, out a I'm few sure days it is, ago. Yes, I'm sure it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I haven't finished it yet. Um, for me, that was a new thought, the idea of figuring out what the founding covenant is. And, mm -hmm. and I, I'm not sure that even the local church itself <laughs> would see itself in those terms. <laughs> you know, what it's, what it's founding covenant was. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that thought might play itself out in churches as they have discussions going forward. Yeah. I, I, I think it's going to be very interesting just, just to see. Um, I, I pastored a church where I, I was literally born into the church, carried into the church the, the next day or two <laughs> after I was born left for a while, came back, uh, served as a youth pastor, left, and then came back as the lead pastor and retired. And I am retired and still attending that same church. The covenant uh, is in the back of my mind, and I know some of the people, but the people have changed. And so mm -hmm. is that founding covenant still there? What what have you found? Do, do you think small churches stick to a founding covenant or is it, it does do things change over time i i'm not i'm not convinced that uh, and you know again i think it'll be it where it's there it'll come out in conversations going forward uh small churches and particularly rural churches are largely about relationship mm -hmm. and largely it's long-term relationships that uh, that provide the stability and backbone and core of a church you, you've got a you've got a portion that kind of move in and out of the community over the years but there's usually a number of stable families and, and long-term relationships there and i remember i think it was uh one of steve Beerley's books if i remember right and, um, talking about when a pastor comes to a church particularly a small rural church he is uh, probably the most influential outsider that comes into the church. <laughs> and I, I think that's part of the need for time. And most pastors or many pastors don't reach that is uh, you, you struggle to get past that sense of being an outsider mm -hmm. within a church. And until you can pass that mark, wherever it is in a church and, and I don't know, I, I I wasn't a pastor at the time. My wife and I lived in a small town in uh, Davidson or, or in uh, Saskatchewan for a little yeah. while. Uh, Davidson, Saskatchewan, mm -hmm. where, where I was working. And I remember talking to a person in the in the neighborhood and uh, saying, oh, so how long have you been here? And uh, he says, oh, I've, I haven't been here very long. I've only been here 20 years. <laughs> 
Yeah. And, and and so that that was your sense, unless you were, you know, your your length of time and your heritage in a community has a lot to do with uh, how, uh, you know, how, how you click, how you're part of that community. And uh, when pastors come in from the outside, uh, I think people are excited to see them, but people are a little cautious because that outsider poses some degree of threat. Yeah. And it, which comes back to that question of trust over time in yeah. order to see change in the church and to be a long-term pastor, you have to have trust over time. Yeah. This, this past week I watched uh, as my brother-in-law uh, gave his uh, resignation speech to his church. Uh, he, he came 37 years prior and spent wow. 37 years in that, one church interesting to watch his life um and and to see some of you know maybe how how he survived how he lived and became part of that community is there if you were to look to your own background and some of the the people that you've worked with or known over the years as long-term pastors what what would stick out in your mind about the way they approached their ministry, their pastorate. Patience. I, patience, eh? Okay. Patience, and I and I think maybe it's part of the uh, part of what comes out of leaving Bible school, where you 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 know you come out as a young guy thinking you're <laughs> going to change the world. Um, you got all these ideas, and some sometimes it's. Uh, um, you know, the promotion of what uh, larger churches and larger church culture thinks a small church should do, and that gets influenced on the young pastor. You go into places and then you hit the obstacles. Mm -hmm. you, you, hit the, um, you hit the roadblocks that uh, are going to take a long time before you see anything to change. And I think the question is, you know, there's, there's some obstacles that you're going to experience in any church, but particularly smaller rural churches, um, am, am I willing to wait it out? Yeah. Am I, am I willing to do the hard work of just loving people and being present in their lives, uh, taking some of the lumps that come along the way and just wait it out until that time comes that, uh, that you can see some of the constructive change. Mm -hmm. and, and I guess the other thing I would add to that is maybe sometimes as pastors, we're, we're so much into change that we don't celebrate what is. And that's, that's one of the mistakes pastors make when they go into their, go into a, a new church is rather than celebrate the ministry that has already been there and the hard work of what's often many, many lay leaders that have been there through so much, rather than celebrate that and celebrate them, we go in there and start to think, Oh, this should be different. And that should be different. Mm -hmm. Let's do that, this and that. And, I think part of our starting foundation ought to be uh, just taking some time to celebrate and honor uh, those uh, often long, long-term lay leaders and families that have uh, kept that ministry going long, long before you were there, and in some cases, long after you're gone. And I and I suppose that's that that is another part of of a long-term ministry is is understanding that. Um, Many small churches, they have had leadership there that has lasted through how many pastors? 
Yeah. And so when when you come and and you're desirous of being a long-term pastor, you've got to show in some way that you're going to stick around because they've seen this. They've they've been there. They've done that. How would how would you show that you're going to stick around? I'm not sure how you show it. I think you just have to do it. Do it. Okay. Um, I mean, every every church has some of its... Uh, I, I think every church, and I, I use the Corinth church in the Bible as, as my example for it. I think every church has its dysfunctional DNA that is often reflective of the community or demographics it's been saved out of. Mm-hmm. So if you want to if you want to know what some of the goofy things in the church are, take a look at the community around it and see what people are being saved out of. And I think you'll see some of those uh, reflected in the uh, in the life and the struggles of the church. And if you're going to be there and gain trust to lead into things uh, over time, you, you've got to be you've got to decide if you're willing to wait it out. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, and maybe willing to uh, willing to spend a little time doing research and understanding a community. If, yeah. if you come in with a a set, this is how the church looks, um, and you don't actually look at the church, then you're you're in trouble. Um, at least that I don't know. I guess that's sort of my take on a lot of that. Um, yeah. And even honoring the values. I mean, many times as pastors, and we're we're coming from a different culture. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. I mean, I don't know how many times I have seen over the years, you know, a, a, a small church in Western Canada uh, calling a larger church pastor from out east to come and serve there mm-hmm. because they're looking for something specific and uh, and the pastor doesn't fit with the culture. And unless yeah. the pastor can respect the fact that some of the things he brings into it are different and maybe some of the things that they have there are actually more appropriate to the culture. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, you, you run into trouble, right? So uh, um, my experiences and the different places I have been have, have a natural culture within me that might be different in some cases, mm-hmm. at least in some areas than the church that I'm a part of. And it, it's not necessarily a better or worse thing. Sometimes it's just different. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, I one of the things a fellow by the name of Dr. Peter Ralph um, mentioned at one point to me, he says, you know, when your story is their story, then you'll have a long history. Okay. And, and I think I like that. that that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm looking at our time and we're coming pretty close to the end here. Let me let me just finish with one one question. If you had one piece of advice for an aspiring small church pastor perhaps just out of out of school or looking at going into ministry uh, as they contemplate that and and look to be long-term pastors what one piece of advice would you give them I would say when you look within yourself and I'm just beginning to to learn and discover this that uh the three big obstacles within ourself to staying longer someplace. Um, I would say one is forgiveness mm-hmm. to you. Know, we, we, we preach and talk a lot about forgiveness. Um, but have I learned to forgive those who have hurt me in ministry? I mean, if in the place I'm at, I can't learn to forgive those who have hurt me, I'm not going to stay. 
uh, you know, and that's conflict is one of the big things that take us out. Um, along with that, to learn to grieve, to to recognize we have losses and to learn to grieve them mm. and and be able to uh, to deal with those things within ourselves if we're going to be able to stay. Yeah. I I yes I the the last point that you make, um, uh, my own personal life I've I've lived through grief in a number of situations uh from the passing of my first wife to the grieving of a church that was once large and yet still has has had various decreases for different reasons and grieving the loss of of uh, many relationships it it that's a very hard one I you know, you know, you know pe people are going to leave our ministries I mean people mm -hmm. left Jesus people walked away from Jesus, right? And yeah, uh, yeah. if they walked away from Jesus, we shouldn't be surprised that they're going to walk away from, from our churches and our ministries. And, and that hurts. It, mm -hmm. it It's hard. And sometimes we're left with a lot of questions and, and uh, yeah, that can be very difficult, but if we don't learn to, to grieve those losses and we yeah. don't learn to forgive those who hurt us, then we're just going to look for the next field to go into so that we can rein, reinvigorate our sense of a passion. Yeah, yeah. But if we haven't learned to forgive and to grieve um, those those losses and those injuries, um, we're just going to repeat the cycle in the next place. Yeah. Good, great points. And I appreciate very much your, your thoughts on long-term ministry and some of the other rabbit trails I've gone down. I appreciate that you've gone with me. Uh, we want to thank you very much for just spending time with us today. Well, thank you for having me, Ron. Mm -hmm.